August 19, 2020. It's a lot from Pedro's show.
Show. Happy Wednesday, middle of the month. Got a bunch of fires, but they're not in Pedro. But it is sweaty here. I'm not with Brother Matt. Went in Quarantino mode, so he's a couple miles south at the <coughs> Pleasure Point Love Grotto. Not totally man alone, though, due to those uh, engineers in Estonia with their Skype invention. I got Ollie Heffernan with me. Welcome aboard, Ollie. Hey. Thanks so much for being on the show. We've known each other a while, but and I've been playing your music for buttloads. We're talking yeah, yeah. going back to De- Detective Instinct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a while ago, I know. Ah, buttload. And uh, you're just a little south of Newcastle on the east coast of England, right? Uh, yeah, just a little south, about 45 minutes. Because I think the last time I played at the Clooney in Newcastle, I got to share the stage with you. Yeah, yeah, we played with you at my old band, Yerra Birds. Right. Oh, I should tell the people what we started the fucking show with. (laughs) Sorry. It was John Coltrane (laughs) doing Like Sonny, and of course that's for Sonny Rollins, who was a big, uh, I guess the lick was kind of a Sonny Rollins lick, but he's a big inspiration. You know, that bridge, right? He pracked on the bridge, and John Coltrane was way into Pratt. And then we had something from this new album that you put out during this quarantino mode uh, as uh, Ivan the Intolerable, A New Possibility. And this yeah, 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 got yeah. me aboard doing spiel. Now, people, these aren't my words. These are Karen Schomer's words. So it's a kind of a, a three-way thing. Well, more than that, because Ollie got the music together with a couple of his buddies, but then had me. First, I, had, I read some other writer. There was yeah, a problem. Right, right. I'm sorry. I should, yeah, yeah. He's a great writer, but couldn't get permission. Yeah, yeah, sadly. Right, 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 right. So instead, uh, Karen Schomer came to rescue, and we got to use some of her writing. And yeah, today, I think it's better. You think it's better? I think the new version is better than the Carver version, yeah. Well, well definitely they're different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. But what's trippy about it is the music's the same, but because of the spiel, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. We're, we're going to get into that later. Because I'm really curious about this record, but I want to really go back to earlier parts of your music, like as far back as you can remember. Ollie, what's your fir- first musical recollection that you can still have in your brain? Um, God, going back, I think I probably, I think the first time I ever remember anything was getting a, you know, those crappy classical guitars that you get for like ten, ten pound, and they don't stay in tune, and they're like toy guitars. I got one of them when I was about thirteen. My dad said he'd get me one of them, but he wouldn't get me a proper one until I actually learned how to play something. Yes, yeah, some I used to be terrible for doing something and then giving up and going on the next thing. So he said, if you stick with it, I'll get you a proper one. And I stuck with it for about a year. Then he got me a bass. And then I just went from there. You know, uh, never stopped since. Some of them, the, the strings were like fishing line. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see-through. <laughs> it was like, you know, when you say nylon string, but, I mean, this was like fucking, like, fishing. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. remember them kind <laughs> so, 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 Ali, how old were you when you got that toy guitar? Uh, 13, 14, somewhere about the mid-90s, early 90s, so 93, you're, 94. You're just getting out of grade school. Uh, what about in the pad that you grew up? Where, where was it? Uh, Middlesbrough. I've oh, lived same there. town. So, yeah, okay. You haven't wandered far. <laughs> no. But, same uh, as you, we never left. <laughs> yeah, well, once I got to Pedro, you're right. Yeah, yeah. The, and, but I ventured from Pedro, but the bungee cord, yeah, snaps me back. But I'm, I'm, I'm curious, in the pad, before that guitar, was there any musical instruments? No, I'm a, no one in my family plays anything. Okay. I'm a very unmusical family. <laughs> well, were they listeners? Uh, yeah, but just the crappy stuff, like like the usual, like mum and dad stuff. So not big. And in... neither of them, no, they don't listen to music. My sister doesn't. I've just got my mum and my dad and my, my sister, and that was what I grew up with. And no one liked music, really, apart from me. They're so more television people. So they weren't a big, what I'm trying to get at, they weren't a big influence on you musically. No, no, definitely not. But I got to say, Ollie, your pop kind of influenced by getting you that fucking guitar. So you oh, had definitely. To, I'll always thank him for that. Yeah, you, you, you had to take lessons. But what? why did he want to get you a bass? No, I wanted a bass. I've never oh, had a lesson. Oh, you wanted I the bass. I just taught myself. But he said I had to stick with it and not just give up. And But yeah, I always, I, I got a bass because... Me and my friends decided we were going to start a band before any of us could play anything. So we all just got different instruments, and I got the bass, and I learned how to play it, and it's still my favourite thing. I'm curious, though, why did you want the bass? Because it's the thing I listen to. It's the thing I hear in music. I always have. Okay. You know who told me that same thing? Who? Uh, ja Wobble. <laughs> you know, because... No, 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 Ali, I'm, I'm telling you this because where I come from, and a lot of people have been on the show that ended up on bass. They started on guitar, but it was easier to get gigs. But Ja Wobble, yeah, yeah. The, the L.A. record people had me do an interview with him. He actually told me that's what he wanted to play first. It wasn't like some second pick thing. No, no, definitely I agree. I always chose it, and then I've gone on to other things. But Can, can I ask you about I, school? Did you Were you in the school band, or were you in the choir, shit like that? No, never, ever, ever done any sort of formal sort of music lessons, training, stuff like that. Never done any of that. I've always just been in bands. Well, what about listening? What was the first record you bought for yourself? Oh, my God. Uh, the, first, the first single I bought for myself yeah. was probably, I don't know, around Britpop, I would have thought. So maybe he's Oasis or something like that. Something terrible. And then what, when was I was the, school, what was the first gig that you went to? The first gig I ever went to, there's a free festival in Stockton, which is just like the next town along from Middlesbrough. And they have a free festival there every year with bands. I went to that. And I went every year from about 13, 14. And you could, kids could go. So like, it's not much in England kids could go to then. Yeah, but so who, who, like, who was playing? Well, who was one of the bands at that festival that you remember seeing? Oh, it was just all local bands. The first band I remember seeing was that I paid to go and see was probably Swade at the Town Hall. Who were they? Another Britpop thing. Oh, oh yeah. What were they called? Swade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Swade is, a... Swade is pigskin over here. And there was a shoe when I went to junior high school, like the most fancy shoe I ever wore. It was called a, wa <laughs> a wallaby. And a wallaby nice. was made out of I've Swade. Okay, and they had like some kind of 
rubber bottom that like when the asphalt like today hot it would stick yeah 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 i remember them <laughs> and they had like only like two laces and then this big like kind of seam that went all the way around the top there they were they were fun yeah yeah i'd fuck them up because i dragged my feet this is one <laughs> reason why i got my mom got me converse tennis shoes because they had big rubber toes because i would drag my feet and wear the fucking toes out and, it, it, <laughs> and the converses lasted a lot longer definitely definitely <laughs> Oh man, that's a trip. That's a trip. So, so you guys, you wanted to make like the garage band, the the basement band, bed, bedroom band, uh, with, and and you got put on bass, or or you chose yeah. bass. I chose bass. And before. what was your what was that first bass? Would you mind telling? Uh, me? It was a P bass copy. Okay. I think it was a vintage or one of those like encore or something like hundred hundred dollar one. Sure, sure, sure. And what about amp? Um, it was my first amp was this really big fat old valve thing that's probably worth a fortune now, but at the time it was like no one, no kids use these things. They weighed a ton, <laughs> and they were always breaking. And I got it from like a second-hand music shop in Middlesbrough. Now, but, Ollie, yeah, I don't know anymore. Middlesbrough, it's on the water, huh? Yeah, it's about ten minutes from the sea. You ten got... minutes from the sea, ten oh. minutes from the North Yorkshire Moors. You got a beach. Uh, yeah, yeah, little three beaches. Okay, oh, three beaches. Okay, bitching. Uh, now, now, did this band have a name? Um, uh, my school band never really. We, we, you change the band name every week. That's yeah, what yeah, we did. right, right, right. And did There's you ever some terrible ones? Did you ever do a gig? Uh, my first band, mm, no. Uh, yeah, we did one, one. What was it like? Uh, my first, my first gig. I've never been as scared of anything in my entire life. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm not really a. I don't know. It doesn't. It wore off quickly. It was just that first gig. Okay. I was just like, I, I cancelled three before it because I just couldn't do it. And where was and it? Then I what, finally did what, it. what was it about? Where, where was it? It was just upstairs in a pub. Okay. Just, just in town. And, um, yeah, it was just like I was just bricking it for weeks and weeks and weeks, like sleepless nights, and then I finally did it. You and then I was like, oh, I don't know what all the fuss was about. You, you broke the water. Yeah, yeah. And then after <laughs> then, I'm absolutely fine since. Ah, right, all right. Now, uh, I'm curious, did you guys write your own songs or did you copy off records like me and D Boone? Or what? We did both. It was like Britpop. It's like when Britpop happened, everyone, every kid in the country who was aged between like 13 and 17 wanted to start a band. And then they, that went away, and then tastes changed. But yeah, we did. We did mostly started with covers while we were still learning what we were doing, and then we went on to write our own songs. Can you remember? Which just the, sounded like the songs we were covering. Well, Ali, can you remember the first song you wrote yourself? Um, the first I didn't really. The first thing I ever recorded and wrote on my own was like a sound collage thing. Okay, that's still music. Yeah, yeah, and that was when I was about. Fifteen, about yeah, about fifteen, and I was getting into like beef art and stuff like that. Sure. And I did some of these. I got like a tape four track. Yeah. Borrowed one of them off a friend, and I just made some sound collages. And then they were still in like normal bands, but my recordings of my own were always a bit weirder. They they weren't like hundred percent bass. Oh no no! Okay. I, had, I had loads of other instruments that I'd okay. acquired over the like years, like like shitty keyboards and organs, and I used to like run things backwards and stuff like that, and just like messing about, just like learning as I go. 
even at 15, that's bitching. Look, I want to play another song here from the new album. I have yep. Intolerable. This is called Alphabet City.
口の少年夢うつつうつつうつつ夢うつつうつつと滑ってゆきまする意識の斜面記憶の斜面うつつと滑ってゆきまする白地の少年気もそぞろそぞろそぞろ気もそぞろそぞろと走ってゆきまする時間の裏道命の裏道そぞろと走ってゆきまする
pillow all the way back from his face and rolls into his back, the light cut diagonally across his chest. His mouth opens.
saying more than we ordered them to say. When I was a child in the pink room, my dresser held a white label, a white music box, a pop-up ballerina that spun. Arranged on a cloth made from the same pattern as sheets. Clean, good, people. My room said, I am a good child. But where was the disorder? What closet did we hide it in? For Pedro Show, I'm an intolerable. Sorry about that. Fucked up. <laughs> Alphabet City. You know Alphabet City. There was a neighborhood in when I first started touring in New York City. It was, yeah. It was the Lower East Side. It's where all the drogas was. <laughs> I, I watched the. Uh, I was reading Chris Francis talking Ed's book. Oh he was yeah. Talking about Alphabet City in there. Right, because uh, CBGB was it too far? The Bowery was it too far from there? Yeah. Yeah. That's what he was saying. It's, it's like uh, Avenue A, B, C. That's where it's got its name and shit. Like, yeah, then we, yeah. Then we heard uh, brand new from Hero Ama, Broken Satellite. He's uh, like you, making and like myself, making uh, use of this time to get creative. Yeah, yeah. What else the Definitely. fuck we're gonna do? And, and Sally, <laughs> before that, uh, this is Fusan's band back in the late seventies in Osaka. Fun boy. After that, this guy uh, Peter. Or maybe Paul. <laughs> Asshole what? <laughs> you know, god damn, my memory. Maybe it's Paul. But uh, he's an Indianapolis cat. And he just re uh, sent me some recordings he did of a gig uh, Minuteman and Meat Puppets did in Indianapolis in 1985. And and that was Hot Pink. And then after that was a, uh, us Minutemen doing this song uh, I wrote for us called Retreat. And after mm -hmm. that, brand new from uh, Mr. Tom in Pittsburgh, Asked the Truth. He's got a new album out that's bitching. And then finally, White Lamp, Ivan the Intolerable. So off air, you were telling me the moment things really, ch I mean, it's one thing to get on and play with your guys and play in that pub upstairs and record on your four track. But what really turned it around for you? Um, I think everything, everything changed at the point where I discovered the fall. And uh, just everything that I'd listened to before then, I was going off all that stuff and I was thinking there's got to be more out there and you know you read music magazines and it was before the internet so you had to do all the digging manually borrow things off friends and make tapes and I just I heard the fall one day I think probably on John Peel and oh he played yeah, him a lot right John, John Peel played the fall a lot right? yeah yeah all the time <laughs> so you, you heard but, him before you saw him. I heard them I didn't see them till 2000 
I saw they came and played Middlesbrough in 2000. And that was the first time I saw them. I, I heard got, them on the radio and I got addicted instantly. I only got to see them once in 1981 or 82. They came and played here in L.A. with Blurt. And, and, That's uh, a good year to see them. <laughs> but, yeah, but the dude, the singer man, uh, Mark, Mark e. Smith, he didn't turn around. He, it was his culo the whole gig. <laughs> <laughs> But it was all right. It was bitching. And Blurt was with them, and they were bitching. And then there were yeah, some local great. guys called uh, Divine Horsemen, which was Chris mm -hmm. D's uh, flesh eaters with some of the X guys and Blaster guys. And It was a nice. good gig. But that's the only time I got to see him. But up to the sl Slag Slates, the 10-inch thing, man, I love yeah, yeah. those records. So, But here, you, you tell me about your experience. Um, I think I, I was just listening to John Peel like I did and he was just playing all the usual techno at the wrong speed and reggae and none of that really ever did anything for me. And then this song came on and I was just like, what is this? I think it was it was something off, what was it? it Maybe an antidote, something off Levitate, like late 90s, mid 90s. And uh, just the voice, I was just like, I couldn't get up. I couldn't understand it. It was just didn't make any sense. And I was just like, this is amazing. Is it amazing or is it terrible? I don't know. But I kept wanting to listen to more. So I borrowed borrowed things off friends, taped stuff off the radio. And my mum used to work in the library. And I used to be able to go and like get CDs and tapes out of the library for free. And I used to do that. I think I got a full one out of the library and listened to that. And then all my other music just fell by the wayside. And I just fell in love with this band. And then from there, I've just gone off on tangents from the fall. Everything I like, you can trace back to the fall within like two or three steps. Now, you know, the way uh, Marky Smith, his act, can you tell he, his accent? Can you tell he's Manchester? Uh, yeah, early on, definitely. By the end, by the sort of the last decade, you couldn't understand the word he was saying. And I only lived two hours away from him. <laughs> no, because I ask you that, Ollie, because I got the ch a chance to talk with Pete Shelley after we we shared the stage at this gig. And, yeah, and he didn't. I was waiting for like the Marky Smith voice. <laughs> no, he's got a very strange voice. It's it's, a, it's the delivery early on, early Mark. He sounds very much you like mean, where he's from. You mean the bingo? Uh, bingo Masters. Yeah, up till, right. up till sort of the, basically up to the nineties. That's when his voice went different. But yeah, by the end, it was just, I couldn't even tell what country he was from, let alone what town. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to check from somebody that. No, no, it's definitely, it's definitely not you. <laughs> okay, okay, and uh, but but you didn't want to be a fall copy guy, but he was definitely an inspiration for you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never uh, bits of it will come across in stuff I do, but I've never ever been in a band that just sounds like the fall. Right. But yeah, it's just—it's the attitude more than the music that was an inspiration. Just like just banging them out, now what, like more than an album a year and stuff like that. But what about what about the other thing where it still sounds like the fall, even though there's like what fifty different dudes? Yeah, there's like fifty different bands, and then just him—he's the only constant. <laughs> and they said, "What did he say? If it's, if it's me and your granny on bongos, it's the fall." <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Conceptually, well, it seems you got kind of that going. I noticed that with the Detective Instinct, like there was there was something about it that still made it Detective Instinct, no matter who you had involved. Yeah, I've thought that before. Like I've sent stuff to people, and they've said like with different singers on and different musicians, and they said, "Oh, they can always tell it's me." But 
I don't, I don't know. It's, I guess that's just one of those things. It's always going to be there. If I'm if, if I'm doing it, it's going to sound like me, and then you put other people on, and it still sounds like me, which is nice. It's, an, it's annoying sometimes because sometimes I try and make something that sounds completely not like me, and then it still sounds like me. But, but, <laughs> so why fight it? But also, Ollie, you got parallel universes going, right? Because you'll you'll serve in other people's bands and then still have your solo projects. Oh yeah, yeah. I just it's all I do. I just uh, I'm always. I think I've made six, six albums during lockdown. Okay. With various people, and I've done a lot of EPs, and I've done like about. Just being collaborating with people over email, just because there's no else to do. Yeah, but are they separate worlds, or do they, do they inform each other? Um, they inform each other. Definitely, everything I start informs each other, and then stuff that I'm more involved in as a sort of it's someone else's thing that I'm doing a bit on. Oh, you I, mean like I, uh... I take things from that. I definitely take things from that. Doing, doing working with Adjie for the last yeah seven I was, was going to mention I've, that I was going to mention that got a lot from him and, and people out there listeners uh, we played a lot on the show it's the King Champion uh, sounds uh, yeah 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 how many years with him now uh, that band's been going se- seven to twenty thirteen we started okay seven years wow yeah wow. we started we started that band to play with you in that's Amsterdam right. that's right. Yeah, yeah, it was supposed to be a one-off gig. <laughs> We've done five albums. <laughs> it's a small one. Yeah, and with uh, GW Sulk. And, I mean, it's incredible. Uh, look, yeah, we're yeah. at the end of the first hour. August 19, 2020 edition of the Wap Peter Show. Uh, special guest, Ollie Heffernan. Hold tight for hour two. August 19, 2020. It's the second hour of the Wap from Pedro Show.
trying to catch a lift to Tennessee by the roadside. By the roadside. Sire, the man, wouldn't you know, letting you off about a week ago by the roadside. By the roadside. You climbed out of his shiny car, all dressed up like a movie star by the roadside. By the roadside. Here, I guess I move along soon as I wipe away this tear. Honey, by the roadside, baby, you wouldn't do like you should. Now I'm out here and ain't nothing good by the roadside. By the roadside, seem like every other man I see. Like me by the roadside, by the roadside. Past an old man walking along, we were both singing the same sad song by the roadside, by the roadside. I bet you many long years ago his girl left him too, you know, by the roadside, by the roadside.
<laughs> we're laughing about our, our common uh, the queen's uh, language here and our common <laughs> having good time with it uh, started the second hour off with uh, and everything had its place because this related yep. to me people the, the, the concept of being sorted <laughs> Which, you know it took a little while for slow learner what even the intolerable and then Sam Bennett out of Tokyo with um, originally Birmingham but he's been in Tokyo a long time now by the roadside wild rats uh, not brand new, uh, 1997 we recorded this, but uh, it just came out yesterday, uh, Ronnie leading us through Funhouse, me, Thurston, Steve Shelley, Mark Arms singing, uh, and then Orange Foam, Blood, Ivan the Intolerable, from the guy making all the racket on the other end of the Skype line here, this is Ollie, in his, in his prize, <laughs> well yeah I know, I know. I don't want to make you feel you're being ignored because I'm windbagging with these fucking uh, credits. So, uh, you know, those guys that you, you you were in the band with school, and then after, yep. after, but you didn't stop music when school stopped. No, no, I've never stopped. Well, well tell Not me since. what happened right after school. Uh, right after school, we, the three people I was in the band with, by that point, I was getting into the fall. They still liked crappy brit pop so i was getting itchy feet and i met some other friends at college started another band and it was just all sort of like localish stuff uh but it was getting more and more every time i wanted to do something different i was aware that the band i was with wasn't going to be able to do it so i've always been like when the time's right to do a new thing i'll do a new thing and they got to a point where there was five or six things happening at the same time because one band's never enough for me because i like so much so much music I'd, I'd get annoyed if I can't. Like, why can't we do this twenty-five minutes synth song in this in this punk band? <laughs> so I start another start another band. But but can I ask you, on a personal level, how do you remember all the fucking different songs and parts? I've got an incredible memory. Okay, That's, it's like my it, it's my favorite. Probably my my biggest strength is my memory. Because you don't use charts. No, no, I don't write anything down. God damn. Respect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can still play things like that. I could play. I haven't played since I was sixteen. If I caught a guitar, I could still play it. I've wow. made mistakes, but I, the gist of it would be there. Like a kind of a muscle memory, almost. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and we to... had the same thing when I was in the 
that Europe's band that played with you in Newcastle. We had the same thing as probably the Minutemen, where you're playing like your songs are so short, you're playing like 30, 40 songs in a set. <laughs> like so it's we one, had that as well. Like it's one big fucking song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just one big song. You set this song like A3 paper. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. That thing when you were 15 and you were with the four track man alone, you were still doing mm-hmm. stuff like that too? Yeah, yeah. I was still just in bands with my friends and then I was doing these things at home on my own. And I've always, I don't think there's ever been a time in my life when I haven't had a band and working on my own, on my own stuff as well. Now, did you let other people hear? Were you releasing this stuff? No, no. I think that the first solo thing that I'd written myself and recorded myself that I released was the first Detective Instinct 7 Inches. Okay, okay. Up to that time, it's kind of like just for personal. And also, there wasn't really uh, ways to do it easy. No, yeah, it was like that coincided doing that with the sort of internet, everyone having the internet. Right. And especially with these band camp people, they've really helped out. Oh, definitely, definitely. Especially in the recent months. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Especially with the Fridays where they give all the bones to the artists. Yeah, yeah, because the the first the first time they did that, when it was March or April, I think it was March. It was like a couple of days after I got sent home from work, not knowing when I was go- or if I was going back, and I still haven't gone back. And then they did that, so I, I I'd made an album the week before, so I'd put it out early to try and get some money, and it was it was amazing. I got enough to pay my rent, and wow. yeah, yeah. So that's really saved my bacon early on. Okay, I want to play Kick and Dust.
side got aborted there. Right at a good point though, El Dorado. The city of gold. <laughs> this is my favorite lyric of the uh, summer season. The guy who wrote this is named Richard Hell. It's called I Belong to the Blank Generation. Driver to the vacant lot below. 
to fall into your arms and lose my train of thought tracks and watch beneath your eyelids every passing dot. I said, I belong to the blank generation. I can take it or leave it each time. I belong to the generation. I can take it or leave it each time. I belong to the blank generation. I can take it or leave it each time. I belong to the I can take it or leave it each time. sing falsetto at the end. Um, forget that it was there.
don't record on a computer. I've never recorded on a computer. You've never recorded on a computer. What 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 do you use? I use a just an eight track machine. Yeah, but what's the media? Oh, uh, it's uh, uh, it's on a it's on a memory card. I used oh. to record on tape. Okay, so there, there's these, still like, a pewter uh, involved, though. Machines. Ollie. There's still a pewter involved. Uh, I don't go through a computer. I just mix the whole thing on the on the machine, and then I put the finished music on my computer and tidy it up a bit. Yeah, but I but bet I you do, that... I record a mix on a thing here. Yeah. So I, you... it means if my computer crashes, I don't lose what I'm working on. <laughs> no, but I bet you that machine that you're recording on has a pewter in it. Oh, yes, of sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's digital. You know, they say, they say the fucking computer on your watch is more powerful than the shit that landed on the moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I heard that the other day. <laughs> yeah, I gotta tell people what we just heard. We heard uh, Kick and Dust by Ivan the Intolerable. Uh, Peter Lochner doing a version of Richard Hell's Blank Generation. Peter Lochner from the old Cleveland scene. Uh, Brannock Device just put out this thing, Cop 2020 Remix. I've played with these cats. They're a Lawrence, Kansas band. Played it with them a couple times at the bottleneck. And finally, White Bone Talking. Ivan the Tolerable. Yeah. So let's talk about Ivan the Tolerable. Yeah. Where'd that name come from? Um, the, It was round about... I had a record shop. I opened a record shop in 2011, which I named after a, <laughs> a urinal song that Minutemen did. And, Which one? Which one? and when I had my shop, I started a band at that time called Eurobirds, the band that played with you. Okay. And I had so much time in my shop because no one came in my shop. <laughs> I I took my guitar and my amp, my recording stuff in my shop, and I just sit and record all day while I was waiting for people to come in. And I was writing songs for my band, and but then I started doing stuff, and I like, give them to my band, and they'd be like, "We can't play this." And so that's when Ivan the Torrible started. And Ivan the Torrible was what the album was called. That was going to be the Year of Birds album. That they said, we can't do this. It's too weird. So <laughs> I said, well, I'll just put it out under its own name then. So I just put this tape out. And it was just the tape was just called Ivan the Tolerable. And a friend, uh, someone heard it. Someone heard it in a guy called Pete who had a label called 1C. And he liked it and he put the tape out. And then it just kind of snowballed into this the thing that's never stopped. And I think I've won about 45 albums now. Now, when you, you get an Ivan the to uh, Tolerable tune going, what's the first instrument? Uh, it's bass always, pretty much. Oh, wow. Because I know a lot of one-man band, like, for example, Stevie Wonder or Dave Grohl, they started with the drums. Uh, yeah, I've done that too. I never, ever, ever start with... I, I don't think I've ever just sat down on a guitar and written a song, ever. Yeah. I always had the guitar as like an extra instrument, and I never write songs on guitars. It's always yeah, bass and drums first, always. And but the Ivan stuff's usually drum machine. On the um, it's only when I've got like a full band like this this album um, that started with bass and like synthesizers, and I sent that to the drummer, and he did the drums, and then I just built it up from that. And who is the drummer? It's Mace from King Champion Sounds. Oh, okay, okay. He did a really good job. He did. Yeah, he's quick yeah. as well. I've got. I, I, I try and like over the years. I've found out who all the quick people are, and now, they're the ones I send stuff to. Oh, so he, uh, he he's in Holland, right? Yeah, yeah, he's in Amsterdam. Well, okay. he's in Utrecht. 
So in Utrecht. So so yeah, yeah. He he he's got a place where his drum set is and he can record. Yeah, so I just email him some like some bass and synth tracks and he dumps it onto his laptop, goes in his studio, records me drum tracks and then sends me them back. Okay, okay. And is that kind of the way you guys do King Championship sounds? No, no, we always do that. Um, I fly over Holland to record King okay, Champ stuff. Okay, okay. So you're all together with AJ, okay. With me and Mason and um, AJ always start the King Champ stuff and then we get the bass and drums down. AJ records the bass and drums over like three days and then I fly home and then he'll spend a while arranging it and fighting about with it and then he'll do his guitars and get the horns in. You know, we kind of like conveyor belt, like one out the door and one comes in the door. Sure. We never, ever, ever recorded all in the same room. <laughs> yeah, when I first uh, met him, he was playing bass in Donkey and doing sound for yeah, Jay yeah, and yeah. Dinosaur. That's when I first met him. Okay, okay. Great cat. I, mean, uh, I think he op Donkey opened up for Firehose in Eindhoven. Uh, we're at yeah, the yeah. end of the second hour. August 19, 2020, Dishwap Pedro Show. Special guests, Ollie Heffern and Hold Tight. Three. August 19, 2020, it's the third hour of the Watford Pedro Show.
Scott for Pedro Show start off the third hour with chalk and words. I have the, the tolerable. And this is where Ollie, uh, you know, he had to first deal with this situation. Uh, we're all in with the COVID-19. And what he did with his, his downtime, this is why he was waiting, why he was to mix the album that I'm on. And this chalk and words. Uh, uh, Crane and Skip after that with Do You Hear Me? Jam 7, Tragic Comedy. Pulled and thrown by Modem, and they're back from Baltimore. Steve Abercrombie, uh, Jump Rope Posse. I think he's in Georgia. And then Ivan uh, Tolerable with Frying Pan Spit Kettles Purr. There's a slash there, people. So so tell us about this record that you did in, in the interim. Well, I've done. <laughs> I think I, um, I was, I'd sent it the stems of the out-of-season record to Adje, and he was finishing something off that he was going to do that next. So I get really impatient. So it was, I'd like message him a couple of times, like, have you done it yet? Have you done it yet? He's like, no, I'm busy, man, I'm busy. So I was like, oh. so I was like, I'll start another one. So I started another one. I, just, I did that record in like three days, start to finish. So people, and you I understand that. He was working on this record that I'm on, but since there was a, some delay of game, he went yeah. and just did another fucking album. Just did another one. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's beautiful, man. I love it. And I've done, um, I've done, I've done three more while I've been waiting for this out of season to come out. I've done another record with Karen. Okay, and that's see people. Mixed at the minute th- this somewhere. is what happens. <laughs> this is what happens, people, when you rely on other people. But when you're yeah. doing it on your own, you can fucking you do it full, yourself, right? Full, full <laughs> steam ahead. Yeah. Yeah, that, the one, that... the one, the records I make with other people always take like the out of season record. Took I started that last July, and I finished it this May, and it was just like my bits. I was doing them so quickly, and then just like firing it off to the next person. Then I'd just sit on my hands for like two months, and then, like I'd email go, "Have you done it yet?" And they'd be like, "Oh no, I'll do it now." I'm like oh, for God's sake, start another record. <laughs> and then by when lockdown started, I had five records that were like just in limbo so i was like right i'm gonna i'm gonna have some time off work here i didn't know how long i was thinking it's gonna be at least a month so i thought right, i'll I'll start finishing some shit off so i did and i was like getting bits and bobs done and then but then i suddenly found like god i've got all this time because i'm I'm so used to i've I've always had a full-time job so my music i've I've still done a lot of music but i've always had to fit around a full-time job sure and suddenly I'm just not at work and I've never ever been unemployed. I've just worked since I was sixteen. So I was like, Well, this is this is weird. Like I've got so much time. So I've finished five records off. I've started three more. It's been it's been good, but it's been strange. <laughs> I'm not used to having so much time. Now now, is there ever a danger of repeating yourself? Well, that's the thing. That's that's the point I'm at now, I think. Where I'm I'm trying to sort of the sort of sound and sort of stuff I've been doing for the last maybe three or four Ivan records, I think I'm starting to feel like mm, I'm getting a bit itchy to do something different. Because it's kind of a formula, you got to bust it uh, out. It's kind of just yeah, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm, I don't think the songs are repeating themselves, but definitely the way I'm working is repeating itself, and I'm running out of sounds. And the thing I really want to Typical. I I, have, I barely played live for years. King Champ plays live a lot, but all my other bands like I, I've never done an Ivan Tolerable gig ever. Whoa. It's just a recorded thing. But I've, 
Sure, it's like sod's law. As soon as I'm not allowed to play any gigs, that's what I want to do. It's <laughs> <laughs> so all I've been thinking about. Like, how could I do this live? You mean and like then, uh, you're talking to be like one man band mode? No, I want to do it with other people. But oh, then, oh, like, okay. Who shall I do it with? And like, I get a band and just start playing some of this stuff live because there's so much stuff. I'd never have to write a song again. I could just <laughs> <laughs> here. I want to play the thin night.
about his own musical identity. Has discovered it has sort of teenage hits, kind of a new fangled rhythm. And he doesn't want to do it. He wants to sit on a stool and smoke a cigarette and be cool. Even when he capitulates, he does it with a kind of a defiant honesty that will be his hallmark throughout his career. He wanted to do things his way, first of all, what he thought was the right road to take for his career. I cannot deal with the problems. His dreams were realized. A sex symbol. Everything he did on every take, he just took it all in the direction, but you couldn't do that. The true recording artist, in that he was happy in the studio because he could control his environment. He had performance anxiety. Because he could, he could, he could, he could, he could, he could, he He's the one that was so brilliant, but so unsure. We'd just stand there and just watch him on the side of the stage. And he was just, and even in his not knowing how to dance, 
it was so beautiful. So beautiful. So beautiful. So beautiful. How can you? And how can you not know how beautiful you are? You are. You are. You are. You are. You are. She called me up. She said, guess what? Guess what? I said, what? She said, girl. I said, what? That's the that you know people love to hear from him and I, I think that's what made it really work because it just it just Oh, my God. 
Waffer Pedro Show last music for this edition. The Thin Knight from Ivan the Tolerable. Coming to a live gig soon. <laughs> <laughs> With a better look. <laughs> yeah. Right, monkeys are flying out of my ass. Okay. I know what'll happen. <laughs> gigs will be put back on and then I'll lose interest. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Dead Man Singing from Little Annie and Paul Walfish. That's got Kid Congo powers. Great cat, man. Kid Congo. Uh, an endless contortionist after that with uh, some live Ushida movement number two. And then finally, King of Time. Of course, Ivan the Tolerable is the King of Time. And that's all we got. <laughs> it's time. I remember there's this uh, Mickey Rooney prison movie, and that's they're always talking about time, right? Because they all got death sentences. So they're all looking at more time, more time. <laughs> so, of course, they start a riot. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they run out of time. They all get shot and shit. But <laughs> what, what, what are you looking at future-wise, music-wise, Ollie? Um, well, I've, I've got, all of a sudden, I've got a computer that's got five finished albums on. Right. So I'm trying to find labels for them at the minute. So if anyone's listening and I want to put a record out, give me a shout, I'll go hundreds. Right. Um, what else? Um, we've been working, me and Adjie have got, um, I think you played, when Adjie was on your show last, he played a couple of rough mixes of University Challenged. That's right. That's right. Which is, uh, we finished that record today. Oh, is it? So me and Adjie have been, that's, yeah, that album's finished. Um, we've started the new King Champ album. So we're going to crack on with that next. I've got an album with Karen that I've nearly finished. That's just getting mixed. And then I'm just really just want to play some gigs. <laughs> right, right. When, when when AJ does a King Champion tune with you, does he send you a demo? Um, we don't normally work. We normally just, um, we do everything by album. So we'll we'll do an album. And the album normally starts with AJ going, getting dead because there's nine of us. It's hard to pin down. So we have to work like well in advance to find like, free of time in people's diaries and and when we get a, a recording chunk booked in with Adjie he'll then send like a couple of weeks before and he'll send some just like rough guitar doodles or two and say like this is the sort of thing and then me and the drummer go into Adjie's studio and we just like just jam around for like three or four days solid and Adjie just records everything and then we go home and then he gets on his computer and he sort of shapes everything into Pieces tracks together. yeah yeah and then it just kind of then the brass comes in and he does the same with them and then when that's done he'll send rough mixes to sock and he'll be writing in the background and then agile get on with the guitars and then it just kind of just it takes a long time because we have to work so sort of sporadically because we're all, right. all over the place right right but you do get together in Amsterdam with the rhythm section that's important uh where, yeah, can, yeah, pe where, where can people find you on the internet ollie um, I've got Bandcamp's the best one for everything. I've got a Bandcamp for everything. <laughs> okay, but the but... Uh, the Ivan the Tolerable Bandcamp is IvanTheTolerable.Bandcamp.com, I think. Right. And um, King Champion is the same. And people don't uh, few, don't confuse it with Ivan the Terrible. Different bands. Very different person. <laughs> <laughs> also, that dude was like from 500 years ago. <laughs> and I'm much nicer right 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 he, he's kind of retired thank god and uh, Ollie's still in the ring and kicking like Kato so yeah. there, there's a you, you might get confused from the spelling but they are different entities 
Yeah. Now, Very you know, different. You, like you said, you've been working since you were 16. You've been doing music even before then. Yeah. Well, that's a buttload of time. What, what about a younger person getting into this? What would be your advice? Um, never, ever get music lessons. That's always my advice. Teach yourself. Don't learn, don't get some old fart to teach you how to play a stairway to heaven. You're wasting your time. <laughs> Be the auto just, just pick a guitar up and try and just put the music you like on and then just try and play along with it. And then you'll find yourself just going off. I'm trying to think of the, the, the complicated word. I think it's autodidact. Yeah, I've got a, there's an Ivan the Total album called that. Oh, right. Like yeah, yeah. Self taught, right? Self taught, yeah. And then if you do a lot of things, you're a polymath. So. I get that a lot as well. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but it's not a bad thing, right? Because you don't have to lose one thing to learn another thing. You're just increasing your vocabulary. That's all. That's how I, exactly how I look at it. That's right. I just like my girlfriend's got these. I, I live with my girlfriend, and she's got two pianos because she's like a classical piano player. And so when she goes out, I'm just like banging away on a, <laughs> a beautiful piano, and she doesn't understand it, but. She can play like perfectly, but I'm just like, she's like, how can you just play the same note over and over again? And I was like, oh, I just like the sound of it. <laughs> and maybe uh, a little percussive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, in the old days, same with the guitar. It was in the rhythms. In the old days, rhythm sections weren't just p uh, bass and drums. They also had piano and guitar. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. The whole band was basically rhythm section. <laughs> Except for the horns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then lead guitarists came Oh, yeah, yeah. For then, well, that changed everything. Yeah. The, well, it kind of reinvented the, the Paganini. <laughs> yeah. I've never, ever, ever been in a band that's had guitar solos, thank God. Yeah, AJ don't do that. <laughs> yeah, he don't do that. No, look, no. Look, Ollie, it's been a great honor to have you on the show. When you it's get been a, lovely to talk to you. You get another five records or just even another mm -hmm. one. Whenever you want to come back on, will you come on, please? Oh, of course, definitely. I'll okay. send you some stuff when it comes comes to the time. Beautiful. <laughs> People, it's been the August 19, 2020 edition of the Wap Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>